At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Good morning. Happy Saturday. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point. Thomas Gable kicked him, kicked him out of the casino, so he's back at the office. Michael Lombardi. Never. <laughs> what, what's never, going on, man? Never, you're, not at the, no. you're not at the Borgata. No, uh, you know, we'll be back there in time for some March Madness. I think uh, certainly we'll look forward to that. I can't wait for that, Patrick. I was doing a little scouting last night. How about that St. John's team? Wow. They went nuts offensively. They just go tempo, tempo, tempo. They're, they went nuts last night they sure did I mean that was fun to watch you know and then you know and we we so we'll be back and I'm just trying to get caught up on this college basketball you know I'm just trying to figure this all out but it seems like it, it seems like there's so many good teams that it's wide open as we've talked about and I think it's going to be a great tournament I think the seeding and who you have to play to get to, to get through there is going to be really telling. Yeah, I 100% agree. By the way, 140-plus college basketball games today. We've got the Saturday College Basketball Betting Guide over at vston.com. As Michael said, as a better, a lot of can't go for that when you're talking college basketball. We yeah. often talk about specializing, pick a conference, focus on a conference at times because you can be overwhelming with so many games on the board. And this year, just like last year, even more so wide open, Michael, like we started right now. Here, here are your four number one seeds. You go Gonzaga, Auburn, Arizona. They've won seven straight. Great year. And Kansas. I mean, would you disagree? Gonzaga, Auburn, Arizona, Kansas. Those would be my four one seeds. Yeah, you know, I mean, Kentucky at 21 and five. I mean, you know, they're going to be down in the stretch coming through there. They'll be a two seed, but I, I couldn't disagree with you at all. I think this is so wide open, and I think a level of comp obviously determines so much, but. Auburn with only two losses, Arizona with only two losses, and Gonzaga with only two losses. They seem to be the teams that have endured so far through this. And look, Auburn's playing a, a really tough schedule. I mean, that Southeast Conference is no picnic now. No. You know, but there are other teams. I mean, whether it's Houston in the All-American Conference and Kansas in the Big 12. I mean, you know, Mike Palm two weeks ago, you know, was talking about how good Texas Tech has a chance. And I think so. And look, Purdue – you know, they're one of the best teams in the Big Ten, and when they play at their level, 
they're going to be hard to beat. So, look, it, it, it's fun to watch, and I think it's going to be great. And today we have a classic matchup. I mean, Texas, Texas Tech, they've already they told people don't even come to the arena <laughs> on the campus because there's no seats for anybody. The fire marshal's in a complete panic. It's there's going to be too nuts. many people. Yeah, I it, mean, it if, you, if you've nuts. never been to if you've never been to the University of Texas, and you've never experienced Austin on a college football Sunday, Saturday or a college basketball day, you owe it to yourself. Actually, if you went just to watch the track and field, that's amazing. I mean, I went one down there to watch the track and field because I wanted to watch Eric Metcalf run, and it was like, I mean, I was like, holy heck, I don't even like track and field. This is incredible. <laughs> down down in Austin, How, and, and that yeah. actually, because we talked about Louisville having money. Nobody's got money like Texas. The Longhorn no. Network, which kind of begat these networks, right? They've got so much. It's, it's why it's always so confounding they haven't won in football lately. No doubt. I mean, I think they haven't won in football because I think sometimes they get so caught up in the stars that they don't get. Charlie Strong said this when he was the head coach there, and he said, you know, we, well, I'm not getting tough kids. I'm not getting the kind of kids that I need to coach. And I think to a degree, you know, that's probably true. I think sometimes they're coming in spoiled, and you have to – one of the great strengths, I think, of Nick Saban is his ability to de-recruit. Nick's a charming, very engaging person and he can walk in. I mean, just when you go back and read the book, The Blind Side, and you listen to him talk to uh, Michael Orr's, you know, uh, uh, surrogate parents, and he's talking about the drapes and the, the upholstery <laughs> in the in living room. I mean, he's got that charm to him, you know. But one thing what happens is once he gets you to sign on that dotted line, you, you then become under his program and he starts to de-recruit you. And I think that's where Texas and Sarkeesian is going to have to change it. He's going to have to de-recruit some of these kids. And, and you mentioned the blind side. There's many a tale of Nick Saban wooing a mom when he goes to recruit. I oh, just, I'll leave it right there. But <laughs> moms love Nick I mean, Saban. Yeah, and he's got Miss Terry, his wife, you know, who's very charming as well. And so, you know, it's an engaging, you know, and he's and he's good at it. I mean, he enjoys it. You know, a lot of these college coaches, they complain about the, the recruiting element. And I think Nick enjoys watching the tape on every player. And I think he enjoys being in the homes and recruiting and selling his program. Just to piggyback on a couple of the games you mentioned to set up the number, Tennessee, Arkansas, those two teams looking up at Auburn in the SEC. Your boys won 10 of 11 down at Arkansas, by the way. Tennessee's won 8 of 9. That number opened. Arkansas lane one's been bet up to 2.5 at a couple of shops. Uh, but a hell of a job down at Arkansas by your boy. Also, Alabama, Kentucky today. Uh, Kentucky beat Bama two weeks ago, 66-55 at Alabama. Check this out. Now, it's not a great three-point shooting team in Alabama. They went three for 30 in the loss at home to Kentucky. They shot 10% from three. So that's got to change yeah. a little bit. So we shall see. You know, they must have a great win against Auburn. They stormed the court. You know, here's my man. He's in a darn uh, sling because <laughs> he's, he's had the rotator cuff. He can't pitch anywhere. He takes his shirt off running around like, you know, and then he comes back and, and the next and they lose a one point game on, on Saturday to Alabama, which was one they could have they, they could have had, you know, and then they beat Missouri. This will be this will be the they have five games left in the season and they play Tennessee twice. And that's going to be really going to be a challenge. They've got to go to Tennessee, Knoxville. They got LSU, Kentucky. Kentucky still to play. So, look, I think they're going to be about a third or a fourth seed somewhere. They're a good team. I mean, they're a good team. And, you know, they had that one stretch in December from like the middle of December all the way through to the beginning of January where they, they just they lost they lost five of uh, out of six games. The only team they beat during that stretch was Elon. 
And, you know, they lost to Mississippi State. They lose to Vanderbilt by a point. They lost to Texas A&M, who, you know, give give Buzz, P, Buzz Williams a lot of credit. I mean, he's kind of turned that A&M program. They went all the way backwards last year and recruited a bunch of different players. And even though they're not of the upper echelon of Southeast, they're, they're a hard out to play, especially in College Station. And that front court for Moss at Arkansas is so athletic, playing so well. Also, Tennessee and Arkansas both in position to get a double bye in the SEC tournament. Remember, the top four seeds in the conference there get a double bye to start the tournament. We are just less than two weeks away from some conference tournaments. The horizon starts on March 1st, you know, March 9th for the Big Ten. So we're getting into the meat here as far as we, you know, we're turning the page. I was thinking about it driving in. It, it's, it's speculation season, Michael, when the NFL comes around because we've just put the Super Bowl to bed. We just had a parade in L.A., although many would say nobody showed up. And now we transition. <laughs> now we transition into college hoops. But there's, the speculation continues with the NFL just because of all the quarterback questions. Oh, the NFL's never going away. I mean, in fact, that you can bet on the draft, and this is an interesting draft because I don't think there's a clear cut. Hey, this is the greatest player in the history. There's no, there is no, uh, there's no uh, player that has the can't miss label on them. You know, whether it's Hutchinson, whether it's Thibodeau. I mean, they, they, everybody. There's questions. It's going to be a positional need. I know we're going to talk about Jacksonville later in the show. What they can do, and so. I, I think this is going to be one of those where this offseason is going to be really, really fascinating. And I think if you can get certain odds on certain teams trusting their front office, you know, I did a radio show in Denver, one of our partners that, that broadcast us in, in Denver, and they were asking me, where do you, do you think that the Broncos have made up their mind uh, on what they're going to do with, with Drew Locke? What they're going to, are they going to re-sign Teddy Bridgewater? And I said, there's no doubt they have. I mean, they've watched him. I mean, George Payton has seen it. Now, where they're going to get their next quarterback from, that remains to be seen. That's going to be the challenge for both Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton. You know, they do have the cap space, the Broncos. Also, they think they have five picks. Let me just take a look, because I wrote it down earlier today just talking about the Broncos. They got cap space. They've got five picks in the first three rounds. So, again, Hackett, the combination of Hackett and Rodgers, many believe the Broncos are going to have a very interesting offseason and could make a run at Rodgers. However, we'll get to the Rodgers conversation in just a bit because he's favored at minus 220 to stay in Green Bay and Michael Lombardi very much has him staying in Green Bay. I can't imagine he's not. I mean, they're doing everything in their power to make it comfortable for him to stay. Tom Clements is the assistant coach. He loves Tom Clements. So I, I think to me, you know, they're trying to bend over backwards to say, hey, look, you know, we want you here and we don't have to trade you. I mean, you can become a free agent next year. So give us one more year. I, I think this is one more, you know, put the chips in the middle of the table and, and see, you know, is he and see what they can do. I mean, they got to run it back. I mean, look, one thing I think the Rams have proven is it's okay to go all in if, you, if the That's rewards right. are great. That's right. It's okay to go all in. And now, in, in five years, when we look back at the Rams and if they struggle, people will say, well, you know, look at their team. But they went all in and they got, a re, and they got rewarded for it. They got the ring. And I think a lot of teams, un, unlike the Patriots, who never went all in and still got rings, it's kind of remarkable. Yeah, you wonder if the Matthew Stafford going all in, it's copycat league. You wonder if Stafford and the Rams going all in. Actually, they've been going all in for about three, four years. They don't have draft yeah. picks until 2030. Uh, but you wonder if Stafford and them going all in will change the approach to some of these other franchises that desperately need a quarterback. Well, we know New Orleans has gone all in. You know, we all, the only the way you look at who's gone all in is look at their salary cap. Look at the cap room they have moving forward. We know Minnesota's gone all in. I mean, they've spent money. 
you know, New Orleans has gone all in. Pittsburgh, I mean, for whatever, you know, you think of Pittsburgh, you know, they've gone all in. They've kind of tried to do some things to, to get their team to the point. Arizona, I think, quietly has gone all in by based on some of their moves, signing some of these veteran players. We know Tampa went all in and it rewarded with Tom Brady. So I, I, I think there's a, there's a certain balance that you've got to uh, kind of adhere to. But going all in, and if you can get the reward, certainly you got to do it. And we're going to come back and talk Arizona because you're going to have to help me understand what's happening, the drama down there with Kyler Murray. Quickly, just to finish up something you started there. Right now, overall number one pick, Aiden Hutchinson's your favorite, Michael, at plus 140, and Evan Neal, the monster from Alabama, at plus 220. I got Neil going one to Jacksonville. I think they're going to protect him. I think they're going to protect the quarterback. Hutchinson sitting two, a Michigan yeah. kid going to the Lions makes more sense to me. Yeah, I think there's no doubt that he's going to go one. I, I, I think they when you just go over Jacksonville's team, they, they you know, Lawrence averaged six yards per attempt. He, they couldn't throw the ball down the field. They couldn't make plays down the field. They need a playmaker, but they need somebody to protect them, too. Absolutely. Just getting started. Also, skills competition. Let's get your three-point winner tonight, Michael Lombardi. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the answer yeah, I, I expected. I watched 10 seconds of that game last night. <laughs> Quarterbacks next. Here, Lombardi line on us. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. No football, you got horse racing though, Express Bet. Here are today's top horse racing plays from Express Bet analyst Jeff Siegel at the fairgrounds. He's like the sixth race. Check out the five horse, Vinko at nine to two on the morning line. That's fairgrounds in the six. He likes the five, Vinko, nine to two. Santa Anita, eighth race. Jeff has the one horse, Atomic Drop on top at nine to five. You can bet these races and more using First Bet, the preferred sports, sports horse racing app for us here at Visa. Remember, anything you need as far as horse racing, just go to vsan.com slash horses for details. And when you sign up, use the bonus code Vegas1000. You're going to get 10 bucks free plus $1,000 potentially in bonuses. So we do welcome you back. Got the Daytona 500 tomorrow. Got the All-Star game tomorrow. Team LeBron, of course, Team Durant, Michael. We'll get into that coming up in just a little bit. You've got the skills and the dunk contest tonight, so plenty to do. I know you're all over it. You're you know what? Why don't you take a long shot three-point contest, Carl? Anthony Towns. It may take him a while to get rack to rack, and he's got a slow release, but you can get a good number on Cat. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think what Wes Reynolds was saying yesterday, I do think that, you know, it is time, so you got to get the shots off. And sure. again, and once again, it's more volume. So 
I think Bain at five. Is he still five fifty? He I he like might Bain. even be he might even be longer than that now. I'll give you the numbers right now. I thought it was five fifty yesterday. You might even I get a better number. I, I totally agree. I love him. I also like Zach Levine. You know why? Levine's coming back. This is his third three point contest. He hasn't won. He actually I think made uh, finished third last year. But Levine hasn't won it, but he's back for the third time. What does that mean? He really wants to win a three-point contest yeah, that's if you're coming point, back. You know what point. I mean? Yeah, that is a great point. I mean, I think that, you know, the, these guys, you know, they don't want to embarrass themselves, and they feel like they can win it. And I promise you, if – if they if they know they're going in it, they've been practicing with the racks for about three weeks, four weeks, just to get going. They, they, if they know they're doing it, they're going to get involved. Yeah, and you nailed it. Bain is plus five fifty, so five and a half to one. Levine is six and a half to one, just a little bit behind Bain. Uh, as far as wide open three point percentage on the season. Bain's hitting at a 43.7% clip. The best in the field as far as wide open threes, was what, which is what you're shooting. Uh, Luke Kennard at 50.9%, of course, the Clipper guard. And then my boy, Carl Anthony Towns, who's the longest on the board, 48.1 wide open threes. He's sitting 12 to one. You can throw him out. He, it's going to take him a while to release the ball, and it's going to take him a while to go rack to rack. Uh, I, right. do like your, I do like your Bain pick. I will say that, 550. I mean, yeah, and you got to like Kennard too, right? I mean, I think Kennard's a good value there at 600. I mean, if you play two of those, kind of combine them together, you, you might be able to hit it. I, I think, you know, look, Patty Mills is, is certainly the favorite at his number, and, and we know he can shoot it, and he's probably been practicing too. But to me, Baines just got such a beautiful stroke. I mean, I think to me, when I watch him play, his body, his stroke, his ability to create, I, I, I like the player, which is leading me to like him in this tournament. Hey, all those contestants should be very happy. Last year's winner? Not in the contest. That's Steph Curry. He's pretty good. Yeah. Last time I checked. Well, he let, he bowed out to let somebody else have a chance. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's you know. Hey, if you're old enough, like you and I, you remember Larry Bird with the warm-up jacket yeah. still on. Remember that was just yeah. classic with the oh. finger in the air. I mean, that's just why. Okay, now again, we're gonna get into Kyler Murray, but why? When I look back on the three-point contest and the dunk contest, why does it have so much more gravitas when I look back as opposed to what we're dealing with now? I think because it was so foreign to us, you know, I think a lot of it was, you know, the three-point line didn't really, you know, remember when you took a shot away from the basket, you were called a chucker and a gunner, you know, and so, you know, the whole mentality has changed dramatically. I mean, do you remember in college, I can remember it was a kid watching the great Howard Porter from Sarasota, Florida, played at Villanova, got caught up in that, it cost Villanova their, their title. Yep because of some illegal recruiting. And I remember he dunked the ball. He used to have the big five would play on Saturday night. They'd have two games, 6.30 and at 9th and 9. And you would be able on Channel 17, be able to watch both games. It was fabulous, you know, St. Joe's LaSalle. Then you get Penn Villanova. You know, it was incredible. And, and so I remember Howard Porter dunked once. And, and it was they, – they weren't allowed to dunk in college. I think you're you right. Know? I and, think the novelty – I, especially with Bird, and didn't get to see him a lot nationally. And when we saw him, right. it was legendary. I think you're 100% right. I mean, the, the watch him shoot the ball with such great fundamentals and how pretty it came off his hand. I mean, it just, you know, to me, it's really remarkable. I have to ask you if you have the T 
maybe you could spill the tea. It's called drama on Kyler Murray. He's been making headlines all offseason, subliminal messages on social media. He's wiping his social media. He's a weird cat. But the Arizona Cardinals are a weird team, right? They started 7-0, the last undefeated team this year. But just like last year, fell apart. They lost four or five down the stretch to fall to five as far as their seeding. And a lot of it had to do with the decline for the second straight season in play of Kyler Murray. Now, again, which Cardinal will take the quarterback, will take the first snap in week one for the Cardinals? I mean, he's minus 1,000. So the understanding is he's coming back. This is going to be year four. My, my assumption would be the Cardinals pick up the fifth-year option, Michael. But let's talk about this to. because there are a lot of rumors about Kyler Murray right now swirling. Well, I mean, look, he's created the rumors. I mean, it certainly hasn't Absolutely. come from the Cardinals. His behavior has created the rumors. And I think if you talk to anybody, you know, whether it, whether it be in, from his professional baseball days to his pro football days or even in his college football days, that he's a little of a aloof guy. He's a different guy. You know, he's not an endearing player to his teammates. I mean, you, you don't need to be a rocket science to watch their games and get the sense that this guy's a weirdo. In a weirdo in a sense that he's in his own space, right? Like, you know, there's no camaraderie with his teammates. I mean, he's over there yelling at A.J. Green. The guy's been to 14 Pro Bowls or however many he's been to, and he's yelling at him because he thinks he didn't run the route the right way. I mean, like, seriously, that's how you're going to treat A.J. Green? I mean, maybe A.J. Green's not the same player he once was, but the man was a good player in this league. He deserves some respect. And, and I just get the sense that he's not an endearing teammate. And it, it was obvious to me during the season and so none of this off-season drama surprises me whatsoever. It really doesn't. And you would think that Cliff's relationship with him would, would allow it to be kind of subdued and kept inside. But I think a lot of those players on that team, if you ask them quietly what they think of him, he, they're probably – he's not. I mean, I've got a text from a guy – that played with him in, in college basketball, college football, uh, baseball. And, you know, it, and this behavior is nothing to me, to him, out of the norm. That's the way he was. He was aloof. He was distant, wasn't a good teammate, you know. And so this creates a problem for the Cardinals, which then leads itself to the bigger issue, which is how in the hell are they going to keep all these guys together? They got Christian Kirk as a free agent. They got Chandler Jones, who they have to resign, whether they franchise him or not, I don't know. But th- those two right there, and then they got to fix their offensive line. I mean, this offensive line, and we've said it all year, is a disaster. And so this is a team, to me, if you read the tea leaves, you know, I don't know what their number will be posted at in a really tough division, but I think that certainly you've got to think they could take a step backwards. Championship odds for next year. Cardinals 22-1 to 1 come out of the NFC. They're 10-1. to 1. Matt Lombardo, a friend of yours who's been on this show before, talked to an agent who represents multiple NFL quarterbacks, and this is what he had to say about Kyler. He said, quote, the worry with Kyler is whether he can hold up over the course of a 17-game season, which we saw the decline the last two years, uh, as we saw this year. This feels like Arizona is going to be in a similar spot to the Browns with Baker Mayfield. I'm not so sure they wind up caving and giving him a long-term deal. Now, he was the number one overall pick. I love Matt. He was the number one overall pick. You would think after swinging and missing on Rosen that they go all in on Murray. But, I mean, these, a lot of these rumors are troubling. Some of the rumors consist of him sitting at his locker during halftime and texting his girlfriend or calling his girlfriend. I mean, that's just weird stuff. 
No, he it is. I mean, you, but you don't need them to be rumors to just watch and observe him on the field and know that his body language is not what you want. And we've talked about this before, but you know that's one of the things that that you have to do as a leader of the team is is kind of have the right. I mean, you know, Brady gets mad at his receivers, you know, but it's not. Oh, the body language is kind of like we got to get this thing going again. And and Murray's body language is bad. I think the Cardinals are in a really tough spot. You know, I mean, there was all this talk about Kingsbury getting his contract extended. That seemed to die away. You know, are they going to extend Murray? I agree with what Matt Lombardo said is the fact that he can't stay healthy. You know, that he has a hard time. He has a hard time playing 17 games. It's different but similar to what we talked about yesterday about Sam Sam Ellinger, the backup of the Indianapolis Colts. His body doesn't allow him to be a starter. Murray's body doesn't allow him to be a 17-game starter. He's going to get hurt. Once again, you know, there's a place in football for the little man. It's just not in front of the big man. And Murray ends up getting hurt every single year. We've seen it two years in a row. Why would we think year three he's going to stay healthy the whole year, especially when they've put no real resources into building a good offensive line? I mean, it's a good thing Steve Kime gets to sit next to Michael Bidwell every week, the general manager of the (laughs) Cardinals, because this is not a well-constructed team whatsoever. Uh, no, it's not. And by the way, it's a short price, 10 to 1 for the cards to come out of the NFC. If, if you're betting that, you're also betting on Kingsbury. His teams have collapsed the last two years down the stretch, Michael. A 7-0 and yeah. start. And again, another collapse. I, well, I think a lot of that he takes the heat for, but part of the collapse is the quarterback. I mean, really, when you look over their season, Colt McCoy came through for him. He's a free agent as well. Colt McCoy goes into San Francisco, wins, goes and see it, and, and goes into to Seattle and wins. Those are two big wins. Here are questions. Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Hurts, Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, Wentz, Kyler Murray, Winston, Mariota, Carr, Mahomes. Other than that, everything's gravy. We come back here. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, VEASAN has a great new offer. This one's crazy. Bill AD's nuts. Okay, so you're going to get everything through April 4th, 2022 for $29. That's the College Hoops betting guide, which is so necessary with the field being wide open. Daily best bets, which come directly to you. We'll do the capping for you in your email there. 24-7 video access, betting splits, breakdowns of every single game. It's vcin.com slash madness to sign up today. This deal only happens once a year, though, so don't miss out. It's 29 bucks. vcin.com slash madness. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. Now, I mentioned on the way out, I mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, he's firmly entrenched as the starter for a long time there in Kansas City. I did bring him up because maybe you have some relationship advice for Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if you've (laughs) seen recently what's been circulating. I mean, you said no. Uh, His brother and his, I don't know if it's his wife, fiance. There seems to be some drama. Is it? I, I, I wish the best for the two of them, but the internet does not. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it he doesn't have anything to say. All right. So we transition from Murray. I think, and this is where we could really use you. We're going to have our buddy Carl Johnson talking a little college basketball in a few minutes. We're sticking with the football now. What would you do with Cousins? And I'll lay it out like this. So O'Connell was introduced yesterday as the new Vikings head coach. And for now, essentially, he said he expects Kirk Cousins to be in the plans for 2022. Here are the facts. He's 33 years old. He's owed $45 million this year. So even if you keep Mm -hmm. him around, you're going to have a decision to make free agency after this year. 
The number right now on the Vikings, they're your seventh betting favorite to come out of the NFC at 14 to 1. They're 30 to 1 to win a championship. But this is fascinating, right? Like, how would you approach the Cousins uh, dilemma? He had a great year statistically. Uh, you know, 33 touchdowns, seven picks, over 66% as far as completion. The numbers sometimes feel fruitless, though, right, Michael, with Cousins? No doubt. And they, they end up being empty numbers. When you need them to play big in big games, it just doesn't seem like it shows up. And they've got some issues defensively. There's no denying that. I mean, Danielle Hunter. I mean, when they had Danielle Hunter going and, and they had Everson Griffin going, and they were real, their, their front was playing good and their team was playing better. But once those two guys, Griffin kind of had the bipolar episode again and went off the rails, and then obviously Hunter having the injury – for the second consecutive season, you know, it kind of hurt their defense and they need to repair that. It's going to take some time. But the Cousins situation is, is, is interesting because he's due $35 million of guaranteed base salary. His cap number is $45 million. So that 35 is booked lock, stock, and barrel. Now, the Vikings have two choices. They could either let him play this out or they could go to him and say, look, let's turn this paragraph five into – a base salary. And let's turn this paragraph five, since we're guaranteeing it anyway, let's extend some years. Let's get, give me one more year. Give me one more year. And that would be my argument to Mike McCarthy, the agent for, for, for uh, Kirk Cousins. I would say, look, we have paid you extremely well. We'll pay, give me another year. Let's see what we can do with two years with Kevin O'Connell. See where he is. And, you know, we'll book it five years out so we can lower our cap number and help the team around us. But at some point, Kirk's got to do something to help the team with his base salary. And I, and I think I would do that. I think, especially in these new places, I would try to buy another year with Kirk Cousins, buy another year with Derek Carr. Because by doing so, you, you allow yourself to buy another year with Baker Mayfield because you know this draft doesn't have any quarterbacks in it. And so you, you've got to try to find a buy another way to get the room. And you say, well, we're not going anywhere with Cousins. Well, if we get rid of Cousins, we're definitely not going anywhere. I mean, we're definitely not going anywhere. It's going to be really problematic. So, you know, the Vikings going into the offseason are $16 million over the cap. Yeah. Right? Fourth worst in I mean, football. So, Fourth worst in football. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, and so, but there's a lot of ways you can get below the cap. It's not getting below the cap. Getting below the cap isn't the issue. It's how do we acquire talent and draft picks to make this team better, and that becomes the issue. You know, they can get that $16 million easily. They could redo Cousins' contract and basically become f fluid with cash. However, where are they going? And I think the teams that have the most struggle will be teams like, you know, Packers are 50 million over, the Saints are 75 million over, the Rams are 21 million over, and have a bunch of free agents. You know, this Minnesota roster is built to win now. I mean, they've got Harrison Smith locked up, they've got Thielen locked up, but you mentioned they're not in a good cap spot. So let me ask you this, because I, I find it fascinating. Like, for example, you're a football savant, but you're not a mathematician, I don't think, unless last time I checked it. No. So the reason I bring that up is you're sitting in the front office. How do you become so adept with these confusing cap scenarios that come up? Because it is, do you, just, do you have a cap person you go to and say, here's a scenario, help me wiggle this in? Do you know what I mean? Well, I think, I think really you have to approach your job as if you were, in a, in a, you were a banker and you're giving out loans. And so you, every loan you give out has to have some form of, of collateral attached to it. 
And so when you extend the loan out, that's way more than the collateral coming back. You've got a bad contract. Now, sometimes you just have to do that. It's the cost of doing business, especially in the quarterback market where you really don't have a lot of options. And so to me, it's really not, it's a, it's a, it's a simple system. It's divide and kind of configure. And where you make the biggest mistakes aren't overpaying the Deshaun Watsons or the Kirk Cousins, the quarterbacks that are helping you. It's when you overpay those middle-level players. You know, when you're paying too much money to a guy that doesn't fulfill his contract out, that's where you get into some trouble. And, and I think that's what, what you have to do at Minnesota. Minnesota needs to kind of clear the decks. You sign a quarterback at this number, you know you're going to give up something somewhere else. And to me, I see teams not putting the emphasis back into the offensive line to create the situation. And I think that's going to be the challenge. And it's not a hard, it's not a mathematical problem. You have a cap guy that helps you, but you've got to be able to have a, it really is about having a two-year plan for your football team. And every decision you make moving forward has to come back to the two-year plan. If we sign player Y, and what's our team going to look like two years from now with player-wise contract on it. If we just sign them for one year, we don't really get the effect of that. So top of mind, Dolphins, Broncos, Colts, Commanders, Steelers, there are plenty of teams that are thirsty for a quarterback. Let me ask you this way. It's a $45 million cap hit. He's guaranteed, like, what, $35 million, as you said. Would there be a trade market for Kirk Cousins, 33 years old? You know, I think there would be. I think there's no doubt there would be. I mean, you know, trade him back to Washington. You know, Washington would, would love to have him back, right? I mean, Washington's got 31 million of cap room. They've got 54 players on their team. So they could certainly take him back. I, I think, but the question is, who's going to play quarterback for the Vikings? It's not Kellen Mond. No, it's not. You know, not. it's not Case Keenum. You know, and so I know. So if you're Kevin O'Connell, you're saying, wait a minute, I just got hired here and you're going to take away my quarterback. Are you sure you're not going to give me seven year contract, not a five year contract? Because it's going to take some time here. That's the question mark. Do you want me to go after Carson Wentz? I mean, we talked about Carson Wentz yesterday. Carson Wentz is really, uh, uh, you know, everybody said, well, he's got a $15 million roster bonus. The roster bonus, that's not the question. 15 million, only going to make 22 million next year. His contract's light. The problem is, do you have enough collateral back on that $22 million to really justify it? The Colts have $37 million of cap room going into the offseason with 54 players. They can easily afford that. The question is, is really the question is not can they afford it. The question is, is that contract worthwhile? And he, then who's going to be their replacement? He is a fascinating player, Michael, because he bet on himself there with the commanders, the Redskins at the time. Remember, I think he was franchised twice, right? Then he got the three-year, mm -hmm, yep. all-guaranteed 84 mil from Minnesota. He did go into New Orleans and beat Drew Brees with that throw to Thielen. Remember, it's one of, it's a great mm -hmm. throw. And then went on the road, I think it was up to San Francisco and lost. However, he's got to win. I mean, it's, he's just such a confounding player because you look at the stats and they point to a tremendous player. And then you watch, we've gone over the numbers in prime time as far as betting against and fading Kirk Cousins. He's a, it's a fascinating situation for a first-year head coach that's got no experience even calling plays on O'Connell. No, never call plays. So you got a young, you got a young team. And so my, that's why for me, if I were in Minnesota, I would want to have a two-year plan. Okay, Kevin, here's where we're going to go. Now, over the next 24 months, we got to find our heir apparent. Is it going to be Kellen Mond? I don't know. I don't think so, but we'll give him a chance. But we need to really dig deep into this year and next year's draft and find a solution at the quarterback because this guy's not going to play forever and we can't afford him forever. 
there has to be some planning. It's a little bit like I thought the Raiders made a big mistake last year. You know, they draft Leatherwood, what, at 16, they trade down. Had they liked, if they would have liked a quarterback, they would have put themselves in position to now have a huge asset with Carr. Do they trade Carr? Do they trade Fields? What do they do, right? Now they drafted a, a tackle that they had to move into guard. Is he going to be good enough to play in there? Okay, good. But you're going to sign him out and pay him in his fifth year? Absolutely not. You're not going to do that. So, it, to me, there has to be – same thing with the Browns last year. The Browns should have drafted a quarterback or traded up to get one because they knew Makefield was going to go. And people say, well, you're going to piss off your quarterback. You have to protect the organization. That's the number one job of the general manager is to protect the organization, not to worry about who's getting upset. And remember, new general manager, new head coach, so they're not bound to Cousins. What would he recoup? I know that I'm putting you on the spot, but if he were to be traded, what do you think would come back? Oh, I, I think you could get, I mean, look, desperate, desperate teams, we know this. We know desperate teams are willing to overpay, especially a team picking in the low 20s. Are you giving up really a great player there? That's a good point. Kirk Cousins, this is a fascinating situation. The, the quarterback situation in the carousel, we had a crazy carousel with the head coaches. It's going to be even crazier with the coaches. College hoops next, Carl Johnson here oh, in Lombardi line. Carl. Oh, boy, Carl Johnson. And he had two. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, bet MGM customers, you can score big with a special offer on the NBA All-Star game. Simply place a $25 wager on the game and you'll receive $10 free and you can use it for any NBA wager. So again, it's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. $25 bet gets you 10 bucks free over at BetMGM. BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. So you get a piece of the NBA action all season long with the king of sportsbooks. I love BetMGM's, I always talk about it, state-of-the-art technology for in-game betting, the user interface, which is very, very, very actionable. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. If you do have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We're going to head down to the bayou and say hi to old boy Carl Johnson, of course, runs the race and sports book there. Hi, Carl. How are you, buddy? There's my man. There's my man. Hey, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you guys doing? It's good to see you. Fine yeah. as frog hair on this Saturday, right? Uh, hey, how, after, after the dust settled on the Super Bowl at the Beau Rivage, how'd you turn out, Carl? Man, I tell you what, we uh, I drank me a few scotch and waters that night. Uh, afterwards, we, we absolutely dodged a bullet. We uh, The game could not have worked any better for us. Uh, 
you know, we uh, we had a lot of liability to the Bengals. Uh, and, you know, the way they bet that game with me was, you know, if you was a Rams better, you laid the points. And if you was a Bengals better, you took the money line. So it, it fell right in the middle for us. And we also got the under. How did you do on the props, Carl? You know, the props always do well, Michael. Uh, and, and interesting enough, and, I, you know, I've been talking to, a bunch of friends of mine in the in this industry throughout the the week. Uh, you know, we were about six to one uh, tickets written on the props, and I think uh, I, I've been hearing that all over. I've been hearing up to seven seven to one in some spots. Wow, wow! A nice yeah, little a know, ni- nice little bonus for Carl there at the Beauvage, no? It, yeah, I think it's going to be all right. Uh, yeah. It'll, it'll buy some uh, scotch and water and some gin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get one of those pontoon boats you post up at Jick Jack Johnson on Twitter. Okay, now That's- we transition. How's the college betting market down there at the Beau Rivage as far as college hoops? Uh, it's going to start picking up. You know, it's one of our favorite times of the year coming up. Uh, so, I mean, typically at this book, uh, they don't get going good on, on basketball until the football's over with. So we're there right now. Uh, It'll be picking up here in the next few weeks. Carl, are you a, a ACC book or are you a, a Southeast Conference book? Or, I mean, what, what it seems to be, obviously you're in Mississippi and, and you're in the heart of the Southeast Conference, but what is the tending to conference that seems to generate the most interest? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's, so it's a little different than football. During football season, we're, you know, we're all SEC, but – it seems like for basketball, we're a mix of SEC and ACC. Yeah, uh, you know, that's just the, the most of those AC, ACC teams are, are good. They're highly ranked. Uh, and then they, you know, the people down here like to watch the highly ranked SEC team. So it's a, it's a pretty good mix. Yeah, I, I think it's the power of television. I think, you know, when the ACC was coming on and Pilot Network had them and everybody in the South was getting them, I mean, I think people became endeared to those North Carolina, the, the, the basketball from the ACC, and I don't think it's left yet. Even though they're not a great conference this year, I think over the long lens of the view, is, is it always has been the case. Does Carl Johnson have a team in college hoops? Do you got a team you pull for, for Carl? Uh, yeah, whoever covers. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've, I've got a few teams that I pull for. You know, I always pull for LSU. Um, you know, I've been uh, I've been following uh, the the Texas Tech Red Raiders here this year just because uh, uh, a buddy of mine out west. Uh, you know, I've been talking with him a lot. Uh, so uh, yeah, you know, I'm kind of all over the place, really. Um, I like tournament time. I, I like to. Fi- I like the aspect of the smaller schools being able to compete with the bigger schools in the tournament. And then, you know, one of the things I think that's most overlooked by basketball betters is that those small schools, if they can go six and seven deep, rebound a little bit, play a little defense, they can compete with anybody, any big name school in the country. No, you nailed it. Let's start with the SEC, actually. Let's talk Alabama-Kentucky, because it looks like Alabama's getting bet here. I got an opener of 9.5 down to 7, Carl. Kentucky beat Bama two weeks ago. Michael and I discussed this. Bama shot 10% from three. That's not going to happen again. And it looks like the betters believe it, because there's some money here on Alabama early. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so right now we're at uh, Kentucky 6.5, 154.5. I mean, Kentucky's tied for second with Tennessee. They're... You know, they're 15-0 and 0 at home, so this is going to be a pretty tough task for Alabama, who I think is like 
two and five, two and four on the road, something like that. Yeah, I mean Alabama's biggest issue is is that even though they're so proficient and they're able to score, is their their defense when it's crunch time seems to always kind of not be able to race to the level they had last year at Nate Oates' team. So to me, I think that's the biggest issue when you look at it. And Kentucky is just typical what Kentucky is, really good offensively, and you know the fourth best team in the conference on defense. Oscar Shibway too is going to be the player of the year. This kid's a linebacker. He plays for Kentucky, Michael. If you haven't seen. Him. He's he looks mm-hmm. like he yeah, could be I, did. I watched him the other night when they lost to Tennessee, which was an interesting game. I, I was like, wow, how they let this guy. Ooh, this guy's impressive. He looks now. like he could be drafted in the spring there by an NFL team. He is a stud. He's going to win the Naismith this year. Let's go to the Big Ten, Carl. Illinois, Michigan State, both teams coming off losses. Illinois won this matchup 56-55 back in January, January 25th. This one's in East Lansing. Where are you sitting with the number? Yeah, so Illinois 18 and 6 on the season. We're at uh, one and a half and 138 and a half right now. Yeah. And wow. and by the way, the the win earlier in January when Illinois beat Michigan State 56-55. I was watching that game. Illinois didn't score for the last five and a half minutes, and Coburn didn't play. So Coburn, who is also a player of the year candidate, he's in today, so that's not good for Michigan State. You saw that number. I got an opening of Pickham, Carl, and now uh, Illinois favored on the road. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's the, the you know, the, these two teams here, I mean, uh, you know, I think they're just trying to get through, get into the tournament. Um, I like Michigan State once it gets tournament time here. I agree. Yeah, I, w- I, I do too. But one thing about these games that I always look for, everybody looks to see who's the best offense. And Illinois' defense, as Patrick said, with, Co- with Cockburn, when he plays, I mean, their defense is yep. really significant. I mean, they're the, one of the, they're the best defense in the Big Ten, Big Ten. So, to me, that always gives you an advantage, especially when you're playing against a team like Michigan State, with what is all about their defense. And when you can match them, uh, I think that's why Rutgers has had some success of late. I mean, Rutgers' defense in the Big Ten is really outstanding. They're great at home, and they've beaten a bunch of quad one teams. Rutgers, you nailed it. And Coburn, he's like an old school. He bullies kids in college because he's an old yeah. school big. Let's go. Like t- he's been playing for 10 years. <laughs> it does it? feel like he's been around for a little while. Let's go Texas Tech, Texas here, Carl. Oh, yeah. Uh, this I can't wait for this one. Of course, Beard. Uh, went to Texas Tech, and it was unruly. And Michael talked about the Texas crowd going to be crazy today. Where are you sitting with this number? Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, man, this this Texas Tech team has really impressed me this year. I mean, they got some huge wins. Uh, Texas is always going to be in the game. Uh, right now, we've got Texas minus three and a half and 126 and a half. Yeah, and, and there'll be five. I, Fran Fraschello tweeted this out who's a great follow on college basketball on Twitter, the ESPN analyst. He said that 5,000 fans from Texas Tech, they bought these tickets as soon as Beard went over there. They kind of knew this was going to be the big game. And, uh, you know, and and so there's going to be a ton of Red Raider fans in this stadium. And so I think it's going to be great, great television. I mean, it's going to at least kind of make me forget a little bit about the NFL, watching McCuller play and and seeing how this (laughs) reacts. You know, I'm really excited to see Texas Tech because one thing, even though Beard's gone, their defense has stayed the same. And I thought a lot of that was attached to Beard, but it isn't. You've got to give Mark Adams credit. And you know Beard doesn't want to get swept by his old team. So no. And that home court is going to be nuts. Texas Tech coming off a great win Wednesday against Baylor. They're at home. All right, next one up. How about Tennessee-Arkansas here, Carl? Uh-oh. I got Arkansas opening one and now bet up to two. Where are you sitting there at the Beau Rivage? 
Yeah, so you got a 19 and six Tennessee uh, team uh, with Arkansas 20 and six. Arkansas we have at three and a half now and 141 and a half. Uh, oh wow! Wow, the, my, the Razorbacks. I mean, look, you got to give them. You know, they are. The, look, they fit the. This is typical of Musselman team. I mean, they are the best team in the Southeast Conference in defense. There's no denying it. And you know, and they they play hard and they play re- relentlessly. And when they can shoot well, they can beat anybody on any given day. Wow, yeah. you're sitting three and a half. That's why re- that's why it's so good to check in with Carl so down at the Beau Rivage because yep. I got mostly twos. That's a huge difference. You're sitting three and a half there, Carl, with Arkansas. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know th- these lines move so much. I mean, uh, you know, and, and to be to be honest, that that line was about five minutes before we came on. So no, it's uh, all good. no telling. Rick. Well, the most important part and what everybody wants to know: what's on the menu today, yeah. Carl? Hey, uh, you know, um, uh, today I think uh, I, I'm going to do some fried chicken today. I ain't had fried chicken in a while. Uh, you know, I, I, I do some, some stuff at home, but today is a fried chicken day. And look, we also got the, the uh, Redneck Super Bowl this weekend, the Daytona 500. Oh, uh, who you like, so Carl? Throw us, throw us a car. Yeah, I like Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick, and Martin Truex. You heard it here nice. first, Daytona 5 double up. We're back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.